We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Ladies and gents, boys and girls, we are back. What is going on Thursday, February the 16th, 2023? Appreciate you all tuning in. Of course, as always, I'm Chris Phillips, your host of the Daily Crow of the Spurs Up Show. Very excited to chat with each and every single one of you today. We are taking your questions, your comments, and your calls. 843-790-3377. I see John Edward, Panic Ritter, Travi, Travis Allen, Bruin Nation, Stephen Boyle Jr., Justin Langford, Xavier Gad, Elizabeth Ballard, Noah Johns, James Kendall. What's up, DGD? What's going on, my friend? Appreciate you tuning in. Also, those in the Big Cock Club Discord, head over to the TDC Questions channel, the TDC Questions channel, to be sure that your questions are answered there. Again, guys, very excited to be back in studio. After the brief hiatus earlier this week, we had an absolute blast, by the way, on the ski slopes, had a really, really good time, was a fantastic getaway, but I have been itching all week long to get back in studio because, of course, today it is opening day eve as the 2023 baseball season gets underway tomorrow at Founders Park, and we get rolling this weekend into this season. Again, guys, thank you all so much for your patience with us this week, being away from TDC and it's truly, guys, I'll say this. I'll start here. It's a blessing that, uh, you know, when you're doing something in life where I, I feel so fulfilled and so excited to come back to it, right? You know, being away a couple of days, it was a great opportunity to, you know, to detach, to take some time to do some different things and, and enjoy ourselves. And like I said, skiing was an absolute blast. We had a great time, got to see lots of snow. Um, was beautiful, truly beautiful and a great getaway. But uh, to have something you know, what I do, what we do on a day-in, day-out basis to have something where, you know, TDC, I, I, I truly missed it. I truly missed doing it and really excited now to be back in this chair and be back with you all and just really, really pumped to be talking South kind of Gamecocks, talking baseball, basketball, football, everything in between and just be chatting and conversating, conversating, excuse me, with each and every single one of you. Of course, guys, as always, TDC brought to you by our friends over at Prize Picks. Go download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com. When you do, use the promo code T-S-U-S to receive 100% instant deposit match up to $100. You can play anything and everything, college sports, pro sports, whatever you want, they've got over at Prize Picks. And guys, so many fans and listeners of TDC, you know, the Spurs Up show, have made tons of money with our friends at Prize Picks. You should as well. So again, go download the app or go to prizepicks.com. And when you do, use that promo code T-S-U-S. 
U.S. to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Be sure to check them out and just tell them that Chris from the Spurs Up Show sent you. Again, guys, I am fired up to be back in studio. Feels so good to be chatting with you all once again. I missed you guys. I missed you guys. I did. I missed you guys a lot. Um, I know it was kind of weird, right? It's funny. Like, we do the Daily Crow. You know, it, it, it's nice to get away and change up your daily routine. I think just to remind yourself, to kind of shock the senses, if you will, and just remind yourself, hey, life exists outside of your routine, right? You can do different things and change it up, and and everything will be okay, right? I think sometimes we can get attached to our routines a little bit too much and and lose some of that fluidity and lose some of that freedom, if you will, because we get so ingrained in the routines. But I do love my routine. I do love my routine and getting back to it. Again, I was so excited to get back last night. Of course, guys, podcast dropped this morning. Our first series preview of the 2023 season as I broke down everything for this upcoming weekend against UMass Lowell. Gamecocks will take on the Riverhawks at Founders Park. So definitely be sure to check that out. Episode 760. Also, my brief thoughts on the court, Cox, what happened on Tuesday night against Vandy, and also looking ahead to this weekend against LSU at baseball being the main focus, of course, this weekend series. My prediction is out there. I am picking South Carolina to sweep UMass Lowell this weekend. So, again, really, really excited for it. It looks like the notes have actually been dropped on the series this weekend. Uh, let's see. Let's see if UMass Lowell's pitching staff has been – here we go. Yep, probable pitchers here. Uh, of course, we all know South Carolina's going with Sanders, Hall, Mahoney on the weekend, uh, or for this weekend, I should say. UMass Lowell will roll out LJ Keevan. The righty will start the game. I actually thought I thought Keevan was a lefty. Am I mistaken there? Let's see. I don't think they would have gotten their scouting. Maybe my thing was wrong. Okay, so they did get it wrong. I, I could have sworn because when I was doing my notes, yes, LJ. So in the in the Gamecocks online notes, the baseball notes, they listed LJ Keevan, the opening day starter for UMass Lowell, as a righty. He is a left-handed pitcher. I was thinking, I was like, there's no way that I missed that. So, anyways, the Riverhawks will go with the Southpaw LJ Keevan tomorrow afternoon. On Saturday, they'll roll out Brian Foley, who is a true freshman, 91 to 94. D1 baseball talked about him. They're very high on him. And then Matt Draper, who is a graduate. Righty, that is who they will roll with. He went three and five last year with a three eight six ERA, uh, eight walks to thirty two strikeouts. So it'll be Keevan Foley Draper, their probable pitching rotation for the UMass Lowell Riverhawks again going up against Sanders Hall Mahoney. Uh, fun fact, guys: Gamecocks are eighty nine and forty one in season openers. How about that? Eighty nine and forty one in season openers. Hopefully, hopefully this weekend and opening day is not as dramatic as last year was. The Gamecocks won 9-7 to last year against UNC Greensboro. And I'm sure we all remember that uh, that series last year and just how, how dramatic that was. <laughs> the flair for the dramatics, if you will, in that opening weekend series a season ago. But either way, guys, really excited to chat with you all, taking your questions, comments, calls, 843-790-3377. That is 843-790. 790-3377 here on this Thursday. Also, Chuck Dunlap teasing us a bit here on the timeline, talking about standby for SEC football schedule news regarding 2023 football SEC media. Okay, here we go. Here it is. SEC announces the schedule 
for 2023 football media days. Here we go. Let's see. Uh, okay, this is when the coaches will speak. July 17th through 20th at the Grand Hyatt in downtown Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, so that will be SEC Media Days. Looks like Shane Beamer will speak on the final day, Thursday, July the 20th. It'll be Lane Kiffin, Shane Beamer, and Josh Heupel will close things out. So it'll be a four-day event, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, with Shane Beamer speaking on the final day on Thursday. So really exciting stuff. It's never too early to head that is your sec media days breakdown if you will again guys would love to hear from you i truly missed all of you missed conversating with you it was it was strange you know it's crazy to think i've told you guys i've told you guys this before but it's wild to think that at one point tdc did not exist right we didn't do the daily crow it was just simply the podcast and now i sit here and i don't know how i even operated that way right like like I, you know, I was thinking about this this morning. What I love about the live show, what I love about TDC is, you know, with, with the podcast, there's a certain energy, right? And I love doing the podcast, obviously. But the kinetic energy, right? The kinetic energy that the Daily Crow provides is, I think, truly what makes it special, right? It, it, it's, it's, it's the, and that's the best way I can describe it. The kinetic energy of this show um, you know, it's, it's just different than the podcast and, and the randomness of this show and, and the part that you guys play in it. I truly do love it. So again, I, I appreciate y'all, uh, grateful for each and every single one of you tuning in. Thank y'all so much for being here. We come back, obviously rolling with the punches and, uh, excited, man, because the baseball grind truly begins and, and looking forward to, uh, to getting things going tomorrow. Brian Dean, what's going on? We'll get into your question says Chris with the addition of Oklahoma and Texas, <clears throat> Excuse me. Do you think we go to four pods? <clears throat> um, I don't think so, Brian. I think Greg Sankey made it very clear. I don't remember exactly when this was, but I think it was a couple of months months ago. Uh, you know, I, I think he he actually mentioned that they were against that. So I think it'll be two big divisions. I think you will see three permanent rivals, right? Three permanent rivals on a year in year out basis with six rotating games. I don't think there'll be pods, though, Brian. I really don't. I think it's more likely. I think it's more likely there's just one big conference and they do away with divisions. I, I think that's probably what's actually going to happen. So we'll see what happens, but I do not think the pod system is going to be a reality. John Edward, early predictions on which players Beamer will take with him. I mean, I I, I think Spencer Rattler's 110% going. Um, Juice Wells, I think, makes a lot of sense. And then he'll probably why not take why not take Kai Kroger? Why not take Kai Kroger? If you were going to take a guy on defense. I'd probably say, who's going to be your veteran leader? Maybe maybe a Mo Caba could be a good one. Alex Huntley could be a good one. Uh, man, I'm trying to think who like who else. You know, maybe I, I don't think he'd take an Eamon Warrior because I think they'd take older guys. Um, I don't know. Why not take Kai Kroger though? You know, why not take Kai Kroger? Anyways, Ruin Nation. You know, we got to get Bama, Georgia, and the Kansas City Chiefs just because we're South Carolina. Yeah, it's funny. Uh, I know we all saw Phil Steele's metrics. By his metrics, the Gamecocks have the toughest schedule in all of college football. The toughest schedule in all of college football. So there you go. There you go. Um, it's it's just a tale as old as time, right? It's a tale as old as time for the Garnet and Black. So 
<clears throat> Either way, guys, 843-790-3377. That's 843-790-3377 here on this Thursday. Again, really excited to be chatting with each and every single one of you. Wake up, folks. Wake up. Wake up. We're here. We're rocking. We're rolling. Also, pitchers and catchers have reported baseball season is officially here, ladies and gentlemen. The best time of year, one could argue. Justin Langford, thoughts on Mike Bobo? Got to still be F Mike Bobo. All my homies hate Mike Bobo. Yeah, that was a really, really interesting piece of news that came out while I was out of town. Uh, I, I just, I don't know. I, I mean, you know, with Georgia, it's interesting because they have so much talent that even Mike Bobo's system could work. He's been the OC there before, but uh, I wild. It, it's, it's just wild to me how coaching truly is the good old boy system. Like, once you're a made man, you're in. Right. Once you're a made man in the coaching ranks, you're just in. It doesn't matter how miserably you fail. Like once you're a made man, you're in, and you're just going to get recycled and tossed around different schools. And and that's sort of what the Mike Bobo thing is. It's just like he's been at Georgia before. He's been an SEC offensive coordinator forever. He's just he's just going to get the benefit of the doubt. I mean, they might even have Will Muschamp as their DC. My God, what a coaching staff that would be if that takes place. Travi says TDC is like your daily news. Truly, it is. Truly, it is, man. I, it's it's uh, it's awesome. It's awesome for sure. Uh, let's see. Brian Dean, UMass was twenty two and twenty six last season. Don't know much about them. Was that their record? Was that their record? UMass Lowell a season ago. Let's see. UMass Lowell a season ago. They were twenty eight and thirty. Actually, my friend, fifteen and fifteen in their conference. Right, They had wins over Central Michigan, a win over College of Charleston, and they had a win against Boston College. They finished seventh in the country in stolen bases with 134, including 46 from sophomore Jacob Humphrey. This guy, by the way, guys, Humphrey went 46 of 47. 46 and 47. Or 46 for 47. He got thrown out one time, and in that game, he had, he had four stolen bases. So I think that's a big storyline in this series, guys. As you think about, you, you know, you've got new faces behind the dish, if you will. Colin Burgess is out. Talmadge LeCroy probably going to be your opening day catcher, maybe third base. Either way, it's going to be a trio. Uh, and again, the big storyline, <clears throat> excuse me, or one of the big storylines. Let's see. Hold on one second, guys. Okay, cool. We had a post. Okay, awesome. Anyways, anyways. Yeah, UMass Lowell, not UMass, my guy. UMass Lowell. Um, anyways, though, you, you look at UMass Lowell. 46 of 47. Jacob Humphrey stolen bases last year on a team that stole a hundred. And 34 bags, good enough for seventh in the country. You know, anytime you do starting catcher, that is something to keep an eye on. And whether it's Cole Messina, it's Talmaj LeCroy, it's Jonathan French, keeping guys like Humphrey at bay and controlling the running game is massively important because you might be able to get away with it early on in the season in non-conference, right? It may not burn you, but if the scouting report gets out there, that a single turns into an automatic double because your catchers cannot throw anybody out, 
it is going to absolutely burn you in an SEC play. So, you know, I think defensively, I feel pretty good about what LeCroy, Messina, and French provide, but we haven't seen it yet, right? Colin Burgess was a solid option back there for you last year in the last couple of years. I thought he did a really good job of controlling the running game, but I think that's going to be something to keep an eye on. And, you know, I think fortunately enough for South Carolina, I don't know that the Riverhawks are going to get a ton of guys on base because your pitching should dominate. But when they do, being able to limit them, I think it's also on the pitchers as well, right? They've got to be quick to the plate. They've got to hold runners on. They've got to do their part in controlling the running game. But how South Carolina's catchers handle the speed of UMass Lowell, a team that obviously wants to run, and especially when Jacob Humphrey gets on again, he was 46 of 47 in stolen bases a season ago, guys. Those 46 stolen bags, good enough for second in all of college baseball. So the Riverhawks, they do like to run when they get on. I think it's going to be a great challenge for guys like LeCroy, Messina, and Jonathan French over the weekend. Really excited to see how it plays out again, guys. I've got the Gamecocks getting the sweep against the Riverhawks. But, you know, what? what's fun about series like these is, again, you know, you sort of look at a series like this, like base, or excuse me, like football, when you take on a lesser opponent, right? Like, you, you have to be overly critical. You you have to, you know, you, you have to almost overanalyze, if you will, right? You can't just take things at face value because that's what I did last year. You look at an opening weekend last year against UNCG and, and how much of a struggle it was, right? How much of a struggle it was. Um, you know, you, you, you win nine to seven on opening day. You lose game two. And you should have lost that series. I mean, we all recall what happened in game three. Andrew Eister hits an improbable grand slam. You win the game on a walk-off to take two of three. But that was unfortunately a sign of things to come, right? Those struggles that we saw over that weekend. I don't think it's good enough to win that way. I, I, I just don't. You know, and, and last year, I gave you the benefit of the doubt. Hey, as long as you're winning two out of three, you're not going to be upset. It's all about winning series. That's all that matters is winning series. You need to make a statement on opening weekend. I, you absolutely need to make a statement. For what this season, what's on the line and the pressures on Mark Kingston and on this ball club, I, I don't think it's good enough to just skate to the weekend. And I'm not sitting here saying that if South Carolina sweeps and it's not overly impressive that I'm going to be sitting here on a Monday upset about, you know, the way in which you did it. If you sweep, you sweep. But I just think it's so important for this team to get off to a hot start, right? And to flex its muscles a little bit. And more importantly, just build some confidence as you navigate through this non-conference slate, right? Because the biggest thing is this. You want to separate yourself from everything that happened last year. So if on opening weekend, we're seeing similar results. We're seeing similar things take place that we saw all throughout last year and all throughout the Kingston era to this point. It's going to have us being very uneasy, even if you win all three games. So I think how you win is important this weekend. I think going out, handling your business, I think the pitching is going to do their part. It's all about the hitting, right? Being able to build some confidence, being able to drive the baseball, being able to be productive, move guys, stay in the station, also show off that power, because it's only going to get tougher, as we know, guys. If you can't hit UMass Lowell, you're going to struggle to hit SEC pitching. That goes without saying. So winning and winning big and getting off to a hot start, I think it is imperative for this group to do so this weekend. Uh, let's see. Anyways, guys, want to hear from you. 843-790-3377. That's 843-790-3377. 
Let's see. I will say it was nice, though, to step away from uh, from social. You know, I, I was still connected to social media, but to step away for a couple of days. It, it's just like the polar opposite of the chaos, the madness, the craziness. To step away for a couple of days, it's like, it, it just felt so good. I'll be honest with you. Felt really, really good. But it's funny to see those those two polar opposites, if you will. It's funny to see those polar opposites. And, um, I mean, again, I love social media, but it is it is sort of funny, right, how, how crazy. And it, and it makes you realize, and it really puts things in perspective of just, like, how – just how silly it all is. You know what I mean? Like, it, when, when you go out and you actually live real life, it's it's it, – it just puts in perspective, like, man, social media is not really that important. Like it's just it's just really not. You know what I mean? And, and I and I say that as someone that my business literally is housed on social media. But social media is not real life, right? It's not real life. So anyways, uh I just think that's kind of funny when you take a when you take a moment to step away and 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 view that perspective if you will. But uh, anyways, guys, really really excited to get things going. College baseball is officially back. Um you know, trying to think of some fun things we could do tomorrow for opening day. You know, just, just some special content-wise, of course. We'll be live noon to two. But uh, just thinking about what I want to do. Uh, if you guys have any suggestions, anything you'd like to see, y'all let me know. I know last year, obviously, we were out there grilling, having us a good time, uh, you know, getting ready for opening day. I don't think we're going to be grilling in the studio, if you will. But uh, I'm, I'm going to try to think of some fun stuff. I'm going to try to think of some fun stuff um, to, to really kick off the season in the right way, right? To kick off the season the right way. By, by the way, guys, I know I've teased this before as well. I know I've teased this before as well, but um, the the live stream watch-alongs will be returning. I, I think I'm going to wait until, I think the Clemson series, the Clemson series, excuse me, I think that will be the sort of, the kickoff, if you will, to that. I, I will expect, we will, without a doubt, uh, we will do a live stream watch-along for the Friday night game that's at Clemson. I will not be there in person. I'd have to be a fool to go to that game. Uh, Friday night, we'll do a live stream watch along for that one. I'm not sure about Saturday what we'll do um, or Sunday, but definitely on Friday. Definitely on Friday. And again, this will be sort of a buildup for what I think will probably take place this football season in regards to doing live stream watch alongs for, game, for games, doing post-game shows, stuff like that. So it should be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to it. Again, I will give you guys all the details and all the information when that takes place. But uh, just excited, man, for the content that comes with baseball season and everything that we'll be doing, and uh, really excited to announce. I think I told you told you guys this a couple of uh, weeks ago, but our good friend AUPPL on social media that has helped us out with those series graphics, he will officially be doing that yet again. I always get I always get so excited when I get the series graphic from him. He'll, he'll always email it over to me like late Thursday, and it's always so much fun. It's it's so much fun. To, uh, to get those series graphics. And I know you guys love them as well. And I, I truly appreciate AUPPL. I mean, he, he's been helping me out with those graphics since, I think, 2018. I know 2019 for sure. I know – so it's been a while. Um, and this is a dude, man, I want to shout him out, that, you know, he makes a bunch of cool graphics on social media. He literally just does it for me for free. Just because – just because he loves doing it. He loves college baseball. And um, so I'm truly grateful for him, man. It's, it's awesome. It, it's really, really cool. Um, you know, he, he'll do streaming st- schedules and stuff like that. It's, it's, it's awesome stuff, man. So definitely check out his work, A-U-P-P-L on social media. And again, those graphics will return. We'll post those every single, every single Friday. 
every single Friday morning, we will have your series preview graphics. So looking forward to that. Anyways, guys, 843-790-3377. You can call that number. You can text that number, whatever you're like. It feels so good to be back chatting with each and every single one of you. It feels so good to be back. Uh, I don't know where my folks are on the TDC question channel today. I feel, I feel like I go away for a couple of days and everybody just gets lulled to sleep. I don't know what's going on. Um, <laughs> basketball just has everybody checked out, right? Has everybody checked out? Um, you know, guys, admittedly, and I said this in the post game for the game on Tuesday night, I did not watch the game. But I want y'all's feedback on this. I did not watch the game. Um, but I get on social media and – my biggest takeaway is this is, is and, I, and I put this, you know, and I talked about this in the podcast that dropped today. You know, when Gigi Jackson first signed, everybody was really excited. Of course, why wouldn't you be? And as the season progressed, I, you know, I, I think the excitement only built watching him play and the big performances that he had. But, you know, when I posted the video of Gigi Jackson's post-game Instagram Live. It is what it is, right? It really is not that big of a deal. Now that time has passed, whatever, right? He shouldn't have done it, but it, it, it's not something that you, that you, you know, you hold over his head for forever. But I think when you couple that, right? And I, and I think there were a lot of people that were not a fan of those post-game antics that maybe just didn't speak out, right? <clears throat> you had a, a vocal minority on social media that, you know, were... We're kind of piggybacking on, on on what Gigi said. And, of course, he took a shot at TSUS, took a shot at me. <clears throat> no big deal. It is what it is. Middle-aged man with a mullet. I've been called worse by better. No offense. But uh, either way, <clears throat> either way, I've been called worse. I got nothing but love for Gigi Jackson. It's been fun watching him play all year, and I think he's a fantastic player. But you look at the last two games, right? South Carolina beats Ole Miss in a game in which, what, he only plays 16 minutes, was basically a non-factor in the ballgame. <clears throat> you then look at Tuesday night, <clears throat> excuse me, against Vanderbilt. You look at Tuesday night against Vandy. He plays, what, just 12 minutes and has two points in that ballgame. And I get on social media something that really kind of surprised me. It, it, it almost, and I don't want to be over dramatic, right? I don't want to be, like, grasping at straws here. But it almost feels like this fan base, at least a portion of it, has started to turn on G.G. Jackson. Am I, am, I, am I overreacting to what I've seen on social media? Am I, am I being overdramatic? Just based off what I've seen, that's what it feels like. I think when you combine the post-game antics or the post-game comments from a week or so ago with his play of late, the criticisms of G.G. Jackson have been much more harsh than I ever could have expected, truly. I mean, I, I think that's my big takeaway to this point because when you look at this season as a whole, guys, unfortunately, if you're still following along and you're looking at this team <clears throat> and you're looking at this season through a critical eye, there's not a whole lot of positives. I mean, there's just not. There's just not. We all expected it to be a really tough year. We did. But... I don't even think we all expect it to be this tough. Like, you're probably not going to win a game on your home floor this season. You might. You might. But you're probably not going to, right? And, you know, we projected about two or three or maybe four SEC wins, right? And that's probably where you're going to land. 
but the the energy towards GG Jackson was just something that I was not expecting. Right? And, and but to be fair, but to be fair, has he brought on himself? I I, I don't know. I, I don't know. Again, it's it's unfortunately one of those things, guys, that I, I don't just want to block out basketball and not talk about basketball anymore. But it's also something where it's like there's literally nothing positive to say. So why would we why would we continue to beat a dead horse? Why would you continue to to harp on it? Because it feels like at some point you're like, dude, you literally are just beating a dead horse. It, it's you know th- th- there's nothing good to say about it, right? So, um, Bruin Nation, you still got two morons with a wannabe voice saying it's Lamont's fault, I, dude. I, I just yeah, I mean I, I think that. Listen, it very well may, may be Lamont's fault, Bruin Nation. It might be, but we're not going to know that for a couple of years, right? If Lamont gets a quality roster and things still suck, right, then you can start to look at coaching and say, okay, this guy just doesn't know what he's doing. But this year, with this roster and what he's got to work with, I, I just don't know how you can hold Lamont Paris accountable. I, I really don't. Let's jump to the phone lines, guys. Here we go. Hello, what's up? Skyland, what's up, man? How are you? You think I wasn't going to call in today? I, I didn't know, my friend. I was hoping to hear from you, but I didn't know. What's going on? Last day of college ba- last day without college baseball. It's crazy to think, man. Last day without college baseball until literally the end of June, right? I mean, it, you know, not, not just South Carolina baseball, but college baseball as a whole, last day without it until midsummer. It's, it's just that's a great feeling, man. That's a great feeling. So really, really looking forward to it. Anytime this weekend, or you just want to save your money, go to Clemson. What you gonna do? I, I don't know. I don't know yet if I'll catch a game this weekend. I will not be there tomorrow. Um, you know, I, once I figure out my plans for sure, I'll let you know. I mean, I'm pretty wide open Saturday and Sunday. I could head down and catch a game, but uh, you know, at minimum, we'll be watching, no doubt. But uh, excited, man! Pumped for opening day. Pumped to get this thing rolling, and um, you know, it, it's. I think it's a big weekend. You know, I, I tell you, Skylim, and, and I'm sure you'll agree. You know, coming into last year, you know, I was just looking back at, at what the Gamecocks did against UNC Greensboro. You won 9-7 to seven on opening day. I forgot it was that close. You lost the second game and then the third game. You should have lost. Andrew Reister had that big grand slam. You won on a walk-off. And, you know, last year I would have given you, and I did give you the benefit of the doubt. Hey, just win two out of three. You know, as long as you're winning series, who cares? Scores don't matter in baseball. Their style points aren't a thing. I look at the non-conference through a much more critical eye, I think, than I did a season ago. Because the issues that I ignored against the UNC Greensboro's of the world and some of those non-conference series, those turned out to be characteristics of that ball club all year long, right? So I, I think not just winning, but, you know, we need to leave the weekend against UMass Lowell saying South Carolina was just far and away the better team, right? I mean, it just – and I know that sounds like no duh, but it shouldn't be a weekend in which you feel like, well, we won because of smoke and mirrors and, you know, thank God UMass Lowell couldn't hit or thank goodness we ran in some some really easy pitch. You see what I'm saying? Like, it shouldn't be a weekend like that, and I think it's just so important for this ball club to make a statement, you know, on opening weekend in such a pivotal season for, for Mark Kingston and the entire program, so. Yes, uh, I recall last year, me and you got a little – little uh altercation. <clears throat> I don't know if you want to call it that, but you did not agree with what I was saying and you didn't believe in what I was saying because I think your passion for game cop baseball didn't want you to believe what I was saying last year. Uh that's a fair way to put it. That is a very fair way to put it, my friend. That's I, hey listen, I, you I, call I, listen, you called it last year. You called it. You said that we were gonna stink. 
It was an unpopular opinion. We stunk. I mean, there's no other way to put it. We stunk. So it ain't it ain't always uh, good to be right. You know what I'm saying? No, I I trust me, my friend. I I I feel it all the time. I pick us to lose more than anybody. So I mean, I I totally get that. I don't know. I don't know what just. I don't know what just happened with Skyland, but Skyland, if you'd like to call back in, my friend, would love to hear from you. 843-790-3377. Would love to have you call back in. I don't know what just happened or why we lost him. But uh, anyways, anyways, let's see. Uh. Back into your questions, John Edwards says, I know LSU is bad. It's just hard to give our team the benefit of the doubt on Saturday. Yeah, John Edwards, again, LSU has lost 13 straight games. They have not won a game in the calendar year, 2023. I mean, I, like, I, you know, you could say, well, they're due, but it will be embarrassing, I think, if you lose that game. All right, let's get him back on the line. Skyland, what's up, man? I don't know why we I'm, just lost you, but what's, what's going on? I, I guess because I'm in Chesney where I live. Mm. But I should be good now. Got you, but, got you. But we both know it ain't always good to be right. No, no, for sure, for sure. I mean, I listen. Winning is winning is much more fun, and admittedly, is better for business. I'd rather us win every single game. Trust me. I'm not going to knock on UMass Law. I'm just not that type of person. They did have a losing record last year, uh, but they are predicted to finish second in their conference mm-hmm. this year. But I mean, even if they're predicted to win their conference, a team like UMass Law. That's mm-hmm. not even practice on their home field yet because of the cold and the snow and the stuff up there. Even if they're predicted to win their national championship, it should still be not no competition for the Gamecocks. Right. Yeah, I mean, for sure. I mean, again, listen, I've, I've picked the sweep. I, I think anything less than a sweep will be a cause for concern, to be honest with you. And I, I think that's what, you know, Skyland, early in this season, I talked about the non-conference and, you know, I, I'll be keeping, and I think we all are keeping a much more critical eye on it this year because it's like you're looking for those first signs of trouble. And, and I hate to say it that way, but I, I think the goal early on is to separate yourself from what happened last year, right? Like, that's right. why you need a hot start. You do. You need a hot start to assure, make us feel good that, okay, some of the some of the, the shenanigans that took place last year, the inexcusable losses, the bats just going ice cold for an expend, extended period of time, those are not going to be things that carry over into this season. But you look at UMass Lowell, I mean, they, they've got some dudes, man. They've got some dudes. And I don't know, Skyline, if you heard me talking about it earlier, man, but, um, you know, you look at the numbers, crazy stat. They stole 134 bases last year. And Jacob Humphrey returns. He had 46 Stolen bags. I think it'll be a great uh, a great test for LeCroy, Messina, you know, French, whoever, whenever they're behind the dish. Um, See, that's the thing, yeah. because I, I've given out so many lineups. I don't know which one to go out with because they're changing so much stuff day by day. Like, they'll go – they'll say, I want to go with this, or they'll, mm-hmm. they'll say, I want to go with that. Um, or some guys are struggling. They want to put LeCroy in left instead of catcher. Like, LeCroy wants catcher to third to left. Mm-hmm. Like, it was nothing. They, they're just trying to find somebody – to play somewhere they can get the best nine bats on the field. And I feel like that's a good thing to get the best nine bats on the field. But I feel like at South Carolina, you should have guys with the best nine bats at their own position, at their own position at South Carolina. You shouldn't have to move a Lee Croy all over the field just to, just to find a way to get him in the lineup or get the best nine in the field. Like, I want to go back to, you know, where, you know, Marzilli was in right or center. You know, Morales was at third, Walker was at first, Wingo was at second. You know what I'm saying? Like, those were set guys 
at their position that you hit without having to move. Well, we lost Skyline again. <laughs> um, here we go, guys. By the way, quick update. David Kloniger tweeting this out. Mark Kingston previewing the start of the season. Let's see. No opening day lineup at this point. He'd say most of the predictions out there are mostly accurate. Could still be a couple of changes. There's no publicly released lineup, that is, which makes a lot of sense. Uh, Kingston says, Jack Mahoney's last outing was very impressive, up to 97 miles an hour. He's still improving from Tommy John surgery two years ago, but he earned the Sunday starting role. Everybody earns their spot every week. Uh, Kingston, eight games in 10 days. They know the starters this weekend, but roles after that will be determined by how the bullpen does this weekend. Hicks and Jerzenbeck could be in those midweek roles this week, per Mark Kingston. Again, Kingston speaking right now to the media. I'm excited, man. I, I just – I love it. I love counter baseball. I love college baseball as a whole. It's, 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 it's one of my favorite times of year, if not my favorite time of year. People ask me all the time, what's your favorite to cover? You know, I mean, listen, there's nothing like a Saturday in the fall – in South Carolina, there's nothing like a game day, right? But Carolina baseball special. I mean, I love it. And again, so we, we will do something special content-wise tomorrow. I, I don't know exactly what it'll be, um, but I'm going to do something. I want to do something special. Um, we'll figure out what it is. We'll figure out what it is. Again, guys, 843-790-3377. Skyline, if you can, call back in. We'd love to have you. Uh, let's see. KFC says, I cannot watch baseball. It's so boring. It's like watching grass grow. And listen, KFC, I, I won't take offense to that. For some people, baseball's not it, right? Baseball's just not it. And hey, even as someone like myself that played it, I mean, sometimes I'm sitting down, I'm like, God, this is a boring game, right? But you do have to appreciate the beauty in the game, the art in the game, and, and, and there's no there's no matchup like the matchup between a pitcher and a hitter. There's just nothing better. Um, let's see, what was, I don't know what John Amber was talking about. <laughs> Joseph says, baseball is an art. When you set your expectations clear, you'll be able to enjoy baseball. Appreciate it because it isn't football or basketball. Baseball is the most complex and beautiful game in the world. At the same time, it's so simple. See ball, hit ball. Indeed. I mean, listen, I, I, I agree with that. And, uh, you know, again, baseball is not for everybody. It is what it is. Okay, listen, I'm not a basketball guy. I don't love basketball. I love the Gamecocks. And so I like watching South Carolina basketball. But I'm not a huge basketball guy. I mean, it is what it is. But I, I can watch it. But... Yeah, I mean, I to enjoy it, right? Especially if you're there in person. So it's a beautiful thing, man. It's a beautiful thing. Um, Travi, why don't we air Kingston like we do Beamer? Because, Travi, unless I'm mistaken, I don't think Kingston's pressers are live. Yeah, they they don't they don't do they don't do Kingston's press conferences live. That's why. That's why. Yeah. None of, yeah, none of Kingston's pressers are live. They are all after the fact, Travi. That is why we do not. If they did that, I would air them. I would air them absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, Skyland says he wants to give his prediction. Gamecocks sweep, but we make it hard on ourselves offensively. We will have a game where we struggle to win and get runs and have a game where we score some runs and where they help make us or help walk us and make errors. I think that's fair. Yeah, I mean, I, I've got the Yardcock sweeping as well. I, I think it'd be a massive disappointment if they didn't sweep, truly. Uh, John Eber, this is one of my favorite times of year in sports, the heat of the college basketball season, college baseball, MLB, spring training, and NASCAR starting up. John Eber, I got to be honest, NASCAR is one thing I've just never gotten into. I'm just, I'm not a NASCAR guy at all. I, 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 I'd, I'd rather go play golf. They're, they're, 
all due respect, and I'm, I'm not like a NASCAR hater or anything, but there are many, many other ways I'd rather spend three to four hours of my life. But I will say this, going to a NASCAR race is a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. Travi says, what year was Ricky Williams? Uh, he's got more He's got more eligibility. I, I don't know exactly what year he was. I think he's like a sophomore or something like that. Maybe a junior, but he, he's got a couple more years. He's got a couple of more years, so minor setback for a major comeback. I, I would expect Ricky Williams back in Garnet and Black next year and uh, should be a big piece for us. So, yeah, it's unfortunate the injury unfortunate the injury happens, but, uh, you know, is what it is. Let's see. Tennessee has released a starting lineup. I don't think the Gamecocks released a graphic like Tennessee did with the projected um, the projected starters, if you will. No, I don't think we did. I'm, I'm just looking at our I'm just looking at our notes here. Let's see. We've sold out Founders Park 56 times. How about that? That's interesting. Very, very interesting. Yeah, there is no projected lineup, projected starting lineup, excuse me, for us. So, let's see. Uh, God, do I have it on Do Not Disturb, Hunter? Yeah, Hunter, I'm taking calls. I don't know why it wouldn't. Phone lines are wide open, Hunter. Phone lines are wide open. You're more than welcome to call in, my guy. I don't know why it would have. Uh... Yeah, I see a missed call, but it didn't ring. It didn't ring, my guy. So. Try to call back in. I want to make sure it's working. It's, we're not on Do Not Disturb here. But you should be, yeah, you should be good. Yeah. The phone lines are indeed wide open. My phone's not on Do Not Disturb. Yeah. Call in. Call in, my dude. Call in. My phone's messing up? I don't think there's anything wrong with my phone. I don't think. Guys, we'll go ahead and jump into a break. I'll try to play with the phone on my end. I don't think anything should be wrong, but it's, we'll, we'll, we'll get this figured out. I definitely want to hear from you all. Again, 843-790-3377. More of your questions, comments, calls, and more on the other side of the break. You're tuned in to the Daily Crush. All right, guys, we're back. Taking your questions, comments, calls. 843-790-3377. That is 843-790-3377 here on this Thursday, February the 16th, 2023. Again, appreciate you all tuning in, guys. If you'd like to try to call in, please do so. Um, <clears throat> I was playing around with some of the settings on the phone lines, which I, I don't know how anything would have been messed up at all. Um, yeah, so if somebody wants to try to call in, 843-790-3377. Here we go. Okay. Looks like the phone lines are now working again. Here we go. Let's jump to it. Hunter. Hunter, what's up, man? How are you? I'm good, man. What about you? I'm doing fantastic. Appreciate you asking what's going on. Yeah, so um, how, how was your trip? It was awesome, man. I really enjoyed it. Um, first time I've skied since I was uh, like 14 years old, so had a blast, though, man. It was a lot of fun. Um, it was a lot of fun. Again, I, I – 
you know, went up to Beach Mountain. Absolutely love it. So, uh, love the area. Love getting out there. But, uh, no, nah, it was a blast, man. I appreciate you asking. Got to see snow, which was really cool. But, yeah, we had a good time. Yeah. No, i seen I seen the pictures you were golfing and all. And I was just – I haven't golfed in a long-ass time. I mean, if I, if I were to go golfing now, it would probably be a, uh, a golf range. Yeah. No, yeah, I'm definitely in the uh, – in the golf mode. I, I don't know if it's my phone, guys. I don't know what's going on. Um, Hunter's call just dropped also. So, I don't know what's going on. Hunter, if you want to call back in, you're more than welcome. I, I, I didn't touch anything. So, I don't know what just happened. Here we go. Call from. Hunter. Hunter, was that you Sorry, or me, that. my guy? No, I think that was my my phone. My my internet does that shit. I okay. mean, every time I'm on the game, it, yeah, it, it, it lags all the time. But you. um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, like I said, like the, I haven't played golf in a while. If I'm going to go golfing now, it's probably going to be the uh, golf range, just because it's much easier. I don't know how y'all do that shit because I, I tried swinging a golf ball and that shit's hard. So yeah, dude, I've I've been playing golf, man, since uh since I was a little kid. It's a it's a very very hard game. It is a very hard game. Yeah. It's a very hard game for sure. Yeah. Last time I've been golfing was at a country club, and it, it was it was really, really hard. And, yeah, I just I just needed a little bit more practice. Um, what what you think about the Super Bowl and the halftime show? Uh, the halftime show, Rihanna. I thought Rihanna was great. Um, first time she's performed, I believe, in quite a while. So, was was really cool to see. Um, you know, you forget how many hits Rihanna has, truly. I thought the Super Bowl was great. It was a fun game. Uh, great game. You know, it, it's that's as closely as I've watched the Super Bowl, too, in quite a while. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, I, mean, yeah, no, I thought, I thought yeah. the Eagles were going to dominate for sure. Yeah, it was a weird game because it felt like the Eagles did dominate for a lot of it. But, um, you know, that, 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 that fumble that Hurts had proved to be costly, and their defense just could oh, not get yeah, a stop yeah. against – Patrick Mahomes, but, uh, you know, the, the Super Bowl was cool. I mean, it's always a cool thing, always a lot of fun. You know, the Chiefs have built a dynasty, but uh, I'm just excited now, man, that, uh, you know, we're moved into baseball Football's season. Over. We're, we're yeah. moved into baseball. Yeah, I know, for sure. I mean, with all the NFL going on and shit like that, you, you kind of wish football was already over and kind of get tired of it. Yeah, something like um, that, for sure. Do we have any more uh, people committing for 2023, or is that it? I'm not exactly sure. Not exactly sure um, in regards to upcoming. No, I think that the 2023 class is finished. Unless we're picking up transfer portal guys, the, the 2023 class is done, as far as I know. So Okay. Mm. Okay, so I don't have to keep looking at the prospects or anything like that. All yeah. right. Yeah, 2023 is in the Sounds books. Sounds good. Oh. Yeah, I, I didn't want to keep you uh, hanging, so I appreciate it. Hunter, I appreciate it, man. Thanks so much for the call. No problem. Yeah, man, great stuff. Great stuff from Hunter, as always. Ryan Dean, Chris, spring football's around the corner. My goodness, my friend. Opening day eve, talking about spring football. No, it is. It is. You're right. Listen, it is. It's going to be a lot of fun, and we'll uh, when spring ball you know, is about to start, we'll do our full spring, spring practice preview, top position battles to watch. You know, there's not really a lot that comes – from spring practice, other than a few coaches' quotes here and there. I mean, I, we're not out there watching practice, obviously. Uh, of course, it'll all culminate with the spring game. But, um, you know, it, it's exciting. I, I know, Brian, it's exciting for sure. But, uh, yeah, I, I would imagine, I mean, they'll start practice probably in a couple of weeks. It'll, it'll come around before you know it. It'll be here before you know it for sure. 
Um, again, guys, 843-790-3377. That's 843-790-3377. Looking forward to opening day tomorrow, of course. Uh, glad we were able to take your call. I thought that was going to be me, but apparently Hunter's uh, Hunter's phone messed up on his end. So, anyways, um, y'all want to continue to call in? The phone lines are indeed open. I saw Robbie Davis tried to chime in. We missed him. Uh, Got to get Robbie Davis in here, man. Got to get Robbie Davis. Let's see. Uh, is my audio cutting out a bit? Is it cutting out? Chase said it was. I, 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 I don't know, man. The hackers are working hard today. I, I don't know. It's, it's You take a couple of days off. I don't know. The the technology itself is rusty, I guess. I have no idea. So, Hunter Kelly, the spring game, April the 15th, my guy. April the 15th. They announced a time, but it is April the 15th. Jesse Jacobs looking at possibly 9-0 and or 8-1 and start going to homestand against Clem Sucks. Can't wait. Yeah, I mean, you should get off to a hot start in the season, guys, but eight games – in 10 days. How about that? You love that. You love it. And it isn't it crazy that, I mean, the season gets real very fast, right? You've got UMass Lowell for three, Winthrop Queens, Penn for three, North Carolina A&T in the midweek, and then guess what? The rivalry series is here, right? So it's a lot of fun, man. And, I, and listen, I love it. I love it. Eight games in 10 days. Hey, what does that mean? Content bleeding out of the eyeballs. Truly, truly. How about that? About that. You love that. You love that. Anyways, guys, let's see. Um, Brian Dean, GG Jackson, maybe back one more season. He doesn't, he doesn't look NBA ready. I would be shocked if GG Jackson's back next season. I, I'd, I'd be shocked. I mean, the whole reason he came to South Carolina was to be one and done. That's why he came here. So. Color me shocked if that's the case, if he returns. Especially with how the season's gone. And, nah, I, th- I, th- I think he's done, man. I, I just, you know, I think he's done. And, you know, it, it's, you know, we we appreciate him coming here. It, it's one of those things that hopefully you can use in recruiting and what have you. But, you know, the season has been what the season has been. Let's see. Mark Kingston continuing to speak. Let's see. Kingston says, good God, competition is high and will always be high. But starting tomorrow, half the guys that got to play every day in practices will be told they're not playing. There could be a lot of platooning in the early weeks, which is literally what I said I did not want to happen. Platooning. Good God, my least favorite word. Uh, Kingston, Alex Boychuk will coach first base. Scott Wingo at third. The roster is down to 35 players. Connor Furham is about to have a knee procedure, so he won't be available. To this That waiver gets the roster down to where they didn't have to cut anybody. How about that? Wow. Uh, Kingston on UMass Lowell, team that was one win away from the regionals last year, stole a lot of bases, moved their closer in the rotation. Let's see. Jacob Compton wearing a back brace. Kingston's hoping a month from now he's swinging the bat a bit. Too soon to tell right now. That's one of your big transfers, too, from Memphis. Jacob Compton. Tippett and Petrie are two freshmen who you'll hear about and see about early. Let's see. Will Sanders only wearing one leg of his tights for media day. 
I don't know why David Kloniger thought that was notable. Uh, Sanders saying, quote, last year was not what any of us want. No kidding. <laughs> like, no kidding. No kidding. Let's see. Gad says, Robbie, the Zach's sauce of, or the Zach sauce champion, indeed. He says, by the way, Hogwarts legacy worth all of the hype. I hear you, Gad. I, you know, I just can't bring myself to, to buy it, man. I, I'm not a huge gamer like that. And uh, I, I just, I don't think I'd put, I, I don't think I'd put the time into it. And I, I don't really want to put the time into it like that, man. I'm, I'm, I'm just, again, admittedly, I'm not a huge gamer at this point. I've got so many other things going on and I, I just don't really find myself or see myself having time or just sit down and, and game for hours on end. So I don't know though. It, it looks like a dope game. I would like to play it, but I don't really want to buy it. I'll be honest with you. Um, Let's see. Brian Deans says, Frank Martin is in 14th place in the A-10. Paris doesn't look like a bad hire. I did not realize UMass was having that bad of a season. What conference are they in again? What conference is UMass in? The A-Sun or something like that? What conference? Hmm. That's crazy. I, I, I did not realize realize UMass was struggling to that degree. Yeah, the A-10. Yeah. They are literally at the bottom. 4-10 and 10 in conference play. 13-13 and 13 overall. They've lost five in a row. How about that? They have lost five in a row. Hmm. Um, uh, Bruin Nation, what is the gout? What is that? What is the gout? Brian Dean, I'm anxious to see Braswell play. Yeah, for sure. I I, I wonder how they're going to handle that because I don't think he's going to be your opening day third baseman, Brian. I don't think he's going to be an opening day starter, which I know I know it's tough to to comprehend after last year, but I, I don't think it's going to happen. Right, I, I think that uh, you know Mark Kingston pointed out some guys that last year were, were sort of no-brainer starters that were in the lineup every day. They're not anymore, just due to competition and due to other guys stepping up, if you will. So, yeah, I I don't know how much I, you know. We're we're gonna see we're gonna see Brazzy, no doubt. We're gonna see Brazzy, no doubt. But uh, you know. David Kloniger, I don't know what's going on with him right now. He says, he tweeted this. Will Sanders, I remember the seventh pitch of last year, Prez Kavanaugh hit a home run off a changeup on a 1-1 count. Then the quote says, I'm just anxious to get out there and wear some well-fitted pants. How how does how does that go to get am I am I reading things correctly? I, I just that is the weirdest tweet. I don't know. Either way. Oh, a this form of arthritis. Okay, I, I did not know what gout was. I did not know that. Okay, you learn something new every day, I guess. I didn't. I did not know what gout was. Uh, anyways, guys. By the way, we've got J.C. Sherbert coming on the show at one fifteen. I almost forgot to tell you guys one fifteen. We've got J.C. Sherbert. So if you want to get your calls in, do it now. We'll have him on from one fifteen. Do about 145 or so. Um, 
Yeah, get your calls in now. Get your calls in now before we have J.C. Sherbert on the show. It's crazy, man. I'm just getting back in the swing of things, and I almost forgot we had J.C. on. almost forgot we had J.C. today. Of course, I went on Inside the Game Talks this morning at 11.30. Really appreciate those guys, everything that they do. Um, you know, they had a big-time combo this week. Amani Lee on their show. They've also had Mark Kingston on their show. So, really, really good stuff. Really awesome stuff. But, uh, yeah. Let's see. Mm -mm. Austin Greer, let's not drop every midweek again this year. Yeah, I, I agree. <laughs> I mean, again, I, I think, Austin, that's where the biggest improvement is going to be when you've got guys like Jerzenbeck and Hicks pitching in the midweek, right? And, that, and that's just when you're playing Tuesday, Wednesday. Most weeks you're going to just play Tuesday. And when you've got a guy like Jerzenbeck and just the, the depth, right, the depth that you have in the bullpen and in your pitching staff, and I talked about this last night in a clip that I posted, I, I think that's where you're going to see the biggest improvement. I, I think that – I don't know if this team's going to be that much better in SEC play. But I don't think you're going to – I don't think you're going to lose some of the inexcusable games you lost last year. Now, I'm not going to sit here and tell you – I'm not going to sit here and tell you that you're not going to lose a midweek game. It's going to happen. It's baseball, right? It would be damn impressive to not lose one of them. But you do play UNC. Charlotte's a good ball club in hell. I mean, you you can't we, – we, we can't take the midweek for granted. We haven't earned that right. We really haven't. We haven't earned the right to take the midweek for granted. After you lose to the Citadel, Presbyterian, USC Upstate, right? I mean, the list goes on and on of all those midweeks you lost last year. So, um, but I do think you'll see improvement there. You know, I, I think that's why you're going to see a six or seven, maybe eight win improvement. I think it's going to come in the midweek. I, I, I think you, you know, the SEC is going to be a grind yet again. I, I think 500 or better is a fantastic record. I, I don't think you're to the level yet of the Tennessees, the LSUs, the even the Floridas, the Vandys, if you will, I think being picked fourth in the SEC East is the right prediction. I think it is. I think it's fair. And I think all things considered, guys, I think the Gamecocks are getting a fair amount of hype. You know, all things considered to to what this team has been under Mark Kingston and and their lack of hitting, if you will. I mean, I, I think being ranked in the preseason top 25 and, and being picked where we are and being picked to go to the postseason, I mean, I think it's – you know, I, I think we're getting a, a pretty good bit of hype for a team that was so bad last season. So, um, anyways, anyways, guys, we got J.C. Sherbert up coming at 115. You want to get your calls in, be sure to do so now, 843-790-3377. Robbie Davis texting in. Robbie Davis, no call from Robbie, just texting in today. Says, what's up, Chris? Robbie Davis, I think we take two out of three this weekend. I wanted to pick us a sweep. But I just couldn't do it solely based off of what we did last year. Go Yardcocks. Okay. I mean, that's, you know, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah, Brian, Upstate beat us down last year. I mean, it's it just at that point, man, and when the season last year got so out of control, I, I mean, it was just, it was tough. It was tough. Anyways, guys, really excited for tomorrow. Game day eve, opening day eve, if you will. Um, podcast, of course, dropped this morning, episode 760, our first series preview of the 2023 season. Also, guys, I just got an email from my dude, AUPPL, 
all those in the Big Cock Club Discord, you will see the series graphic this afternoon before everyone else. And, of course, we will post that on social media tomorrow morning. Really excited for that. Always love posting those, man. It's a great time. And, um, yeah, excited for it for sure. Excited for it for sure. Let's see. Robbie Davis picking the Gamecocks to win two of three this weekend against UMass Lowell, which I I, I think would be a disappointment. <laughs> I'll be honest with you. Uh, Brian Dean, SEC Network Plus is where you can watch all the games. SEC Network Plus is how you can tune in, so you will need the ESPN app. Austin Greer says, feel like the hype for Raswell plummeted late in the season. Well, yeah, Austin, I mean, he hit SEC play and struggled, which – which is, is, is you know, I think is normal. I think it's normal for a freshman. I don't think that's an, you know, abnormal thing. But, uh, you know, that's, that's why a lot of hype did plummet. And I think also, too, Austin, as the season, you know, spiraled, right, the, the hype plummeted because people stopped talking about baseball. People just stopped caring. I mean, really, truly, I, I think that's what happened. So, um, <clears throat> anyways, you know, it was just one of those things that it, it's it's <laughs> – when you're bad in baseball, man, it's a long, long season. I mean, it's a long, long season. So, mm-mm. let's see. See, Youngblood, appreciate you tuning in, my friend. Todd Smith, what's going on, my dude? What's going on? I'm trying to pull up here. Let's see. I'm going to pull up the – I just minimized everything. There uh, let's see. Pull up the scores. Here we go. So it all gets going tomorrow at noon, by the way. And we're just talking top 25 here. Okie State, Missouri at noon. Virginia Navy at 1 o'clock. Texas Tech, Gonzaga at 2. I could probably just pull up the SEC. Because that's, that's really what I want to see. Uh, Mississippi State VMI at three, Georgia Jacksonville State at three, Elon and Kentucky at four. Of course, we play at four o'clock. How about TCU Vandy and that tournament they're in at four o'clock? Uh, some late games tomorrow night Tennessee, Arizona at eight, Texas and Arkansas. There's some great baseball, man. There's some absolutely great baseball taking place this weekend. And that, you know, right? I mean, that's, I, I tell people that's, that's the, that, that's the thing that separates, I think, baseball from other sports is, you know, I like watching football. I, I don't watch any other basketball outside of South Carolina. I, I could watch other teams play baseball and be just just content, man. I love it. I absolutely love it. It's a blast. Um, yeah, it, it, it moves the needle for me. So uh, Todd Smith says, how was the ski trip? It was fun. Todd, it was a blast. Thank you so much for asking. We had a great time. Brandon Kuhn, happy 38th birthday to you, my friend. Appreciate you tuning in. But, uh, yeah, Todd, the ski trip was, was incredible. It, was, it went better than I could have even planned. Um, we had a great time, had a great time looking forward to going back. Honestly, I, I skiing is a really, really good time. Uh, love it. I definitely biffed a couple of times, which again, in the ski community means that you ate shit. <laughs> so as I was working on my skiing, I, I definitely, uh, hit the pavement a few times, but that's the fun of it. Hey, the fun of it is that it's a challenge. So I had a lot of fun. Yeah. Thank you for asking Todd. Austin Greer, Braswell hit 447 as a senior in high school. Yeah, I mean, Austin, all, all the big-time D1 guys. I mean, if you're playing college baseball, you're tearing up high school pitching. You're, you're, you're dominating high school hitters. That's a, that's a normal thing, right? That's a normal thing for sure. So, yeah. 
Anyways, 843-790-3377. That's 843-790-3377. We've got Jason upcoming at 115. He will join us for the next 30 minutes or so to about 145. Really looking forward to chatting with him and appreciate those guys over at Inside the Gamecocks having me on their airways. Guys, it just feels so good to be back, truly. As I mentioned, top of the show, you know, it's such a blessing that, you know, we, we do something to where, you know, when I go on vacation, go out of town, a lot of times I take it with me, right? We'll do the live show remote, which I think the next time I go, I probably will do that. But, you know, it's such a blessing to do something where, you know, it's, it's, it's good to have balance. It's good to detach and do different things and get out of the routine, right? Just knock the senses and, you know, remind yourself that there's life outside of the routine that you set. But it's such a blessing to come back and to be excited, you know, chomping at the bit to get after. And every single time I take a couple of days away, that's how I feel. And it's all because of you guys and the love and the support and what we built here with TSUS. And, you know, I just truly have a, a love and a passion and a fire for this and, and what we do. And, um, you know, I'm truly grateful for that, man. That's a blessing in itself. That's truly a blessing in itself. And, again, I appreciate you guys. And I was just thinking, too, it's crazy that, you know, there used to be a point in business that we did not do the Daily Crow. It was just just the podcast. And now I, I just can't picture life without it. You know, not doing TDC, it's like, you know, you, you have this desire to do that. You know what I mean? So um, that's a blessing. Again, that's a blessing in itself. And I'm truly grateful for each and every single one of you and you guys and what you've made TSUS, what it is, what it's becoming. It's all because of your love and your support. And I'm grateful for each and every single one of you. That being said, guys, we are going to jump into a break. On the other side, we got my good friend J.C. Sherbert of the Big Spur. He will join us for another fantastic conversation, guys. All that and more on the other side of the break. You're tuned in to The Daily Crow. All right, guys, we're back Thursday, February the 16th, 2023. Again, guys, thank you all so much. Appreciate you all tuning in. It feels so good to be back and chatting with you all here on this opening day eve as the 2023 baseball season will officially get going tomorrow at Founders Park. Four o'clock first pitch set for Friday, two o'clock on Saturday, and 1.30 on Sunday, I believe. All games being streamed on SEC Network. Plus, of course, we're going to go ahead and get into it. He joins us every single Thursday to break down Gamecocks athletics. J.C. Sherbert of the Big Spur of Inside the Gamecocks. And, of course, I go on his show every single Thursday as well, 1130 a.m. J.C., appreciate you having me on. I appreciate you taking the time to conversate today, my friend. Great to see you once again. Yeah, great to be with you guys. And uh, good to always enjoy Thursdays, man, because we get this uh, – double dip thing going on and it's it's a lot of fun always a lot of fun yeah it's a blast for sure jc and of course on the show we talk primarily gamecocks but i gotta get your thoughts you know while i was out of town i felt like some news that shook up gamecock nation if you will just because of previous ties mike bobo promoted to oc at the university of georgia i understand it's about the jimmies and joes and not the x's and o's and there's a lot of familiarity there he's been the offensive coordinator at georgia before but were you surprised at all? And I guess just your overall thoughts. Again, this is something that did move Gamecock Nation just because of the ties and maybe disdain's too harsh of a word, but but just the feelings around Mike Bobo. Your overall thoughts on that move yeah. and Kirby Smart staff. I, I'll say this about, about Mike Bobo. I I understand people, you know, they were, they were a little butthurt, I guess, lack of a better term, um, you know, about how he left. 
I mean, that was that was a tough deal. Uh, it was tough for Shane Beamer. Uh, it led to the Marcus Satterfield era. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so obviously, uh, you know, I think had Bobo stayed, uh, South Carolina's probably better on offense the last two years, more, more consistent at least. Uh, I, I thought the job he did at South Carolina, uh, considering what he had to work with, I mean, that, that year the Gamecocks were just lean at receiver. Um, you know, he had to start Colin Hill, and I think I think we all kind of figured out after the fact why, you know, is Helensky couldn't couldn't do it for lack of a better term. Um you know, it was just a tough year. You know, then you get fired in the middle of the must have gets fired in the middle of the season or whatever. So that part of it, I'm you know, I understand people uh people were a little upset with how he left. Um am I surprised? No, I I think that when you look at what Kirby Smart's been doing, uh you know, bringing BMAC back, for example, uh, to coach, uh, you know, bringing Muschamp back. Uh, he's the D coordinator now. I mean, they, they kind of got the band back together, to be honest. If you think all three, all three of those guys played at Georgia at the same time, Kirby, Will, and Mike, um, and they all know each other, they're buddies and stuff. And so I, I, I think it's very much a Dabo Sweeney type approach, uh, at Georgia, um, with, with regards to what, uh, you know, what Kirby's been doing hiring-wise uh, lately. You know, I think that, that you know, he's working with people, you know, that he's familiar with. And, and, he, and Kev, he's earned that right. I mean, you know, they've been the best team in college football the last two years. Uh, it's going to be hard as much as I, I I do like Mike Bobo and his play calling. People people always talk about the 2014 game in Columbia and the play call, you know, they're running it up Carolina's butt. And then, you know, he called the pass play and didn't work. But if you think about it, that guy was wide open. I mean, uh, Hudson Mason just kind of one-hopped it out there because uh, one of the Dixon boys got free and got after him, but it, the play was wide open. So I've always said he's a pretty good play caller. It's just going to be so hard because Todd Monken, the guy that just left for the Ravens, I thought he is, as a play caller, has been in the zone the last two years. I mean, you talk about a team in Georgia that's four deep at running back most years. He knows how to you know use all those guys without being predictable. Uh, their, their offense this year was very horizontally, uh, I guess, figured, uh, you know, that they attacked the perimeter a lot, which is a different kind of deal for Georgia. Uh, he didn't, they didn't really have great receivers on that team. They had great tight ends, uh, but he somehow had a passing game that worked. Stetson Bennett was outstanding. Um, it, it's just hard, you know, as much as I like Mike Bobo and think he's a really good play caller, heck of a coach, uh, it's just going to be hard to replace uh, that. Plus, you got a new quarterback. Uh, you got to break in, and Bobo certainly has coached that position before. Um, but uh, you know, so I, I don't know that I was like I, I, a lot of Gamecock fans laughed about. It. I don't know that I, I don't know that I was moved to laughter or anything. I, I kind of, uh, you know, I, I think that's kind of been what's been in the works. But uh, you know, it, it is from a competitive standpoint. Uh, I, I just think it, it'd be hard to replace what Todd Monken's done there the last two seasons specifically, no matter who you are. Uh, so, so I, I, I don't want to say I'll, I'll, I've learned my lesson about saying Georgia's going to take a step back. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, that's going to be tough to replace and we'll see, we'll see how it goes uh, next season for them on offense. Yeah. JC on that note. I mean, again, it's, it's weird to think that man, the SEC East is wide open when, when Georgia's literally the back-to-back national champions. Um, but I mean, do you kind of see it that way? I mean, is it is this is this as 
quote unquote wide open as it's been. I mean, I, I'm going to be picking Georgia to win the East. I, I don't think anybody's going to be bold enough to not pick the dogs to go to Atlanta. But I mean, you know, since I gave my way too early predictions, I mean, you think about what's happened. South kind of picks up Nicholas Harbor. You know, Spencer Rattler, Juice Wells are obviously back, but the Nicholas Harper edition, plus, you know, they they lose Todd Munkin. They're obviously going to be revamping at the quarterback position. They're going to have a lot to replace. Obviously, they're replacing these guys with elite talent, right? I mean, Georgia hasn't finished outside of the top, like, three in recruiting in, in seven or eight years. But uh, I, I don't know, Jason. It just It's going to be as interesting as it's been in a couple of years because Georgia's just been so solid, kind of the same thing. Over the years now, I think this is the most adversity they face maybe, um, you know, recently in the Kirby Smart tenure. And, you know, whether it's South Carolina, it's Tennessee, or it's somebody else, I mean, it's not out of the out of the question. I think Georgia might hit a road bump or two or it might face some more adversity than they faced over the last couple of years. And maybe that's the Gamecocks in week three of the season. Maybe so. I mean, Georgia's, you know, Georgia's schedule, uh, they had Oklahoma scheduled mm-hmm. in week two. Uh, and the league, obviously, I think kind of seeing the writing on the wall where Oklahoma was going to – and Texas were both going to come in in 2024. They, 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 uh, I think Tennessee also had a game with Oklahoma that they canceled or, or moved or something because it's going to become a league game. Um, you know, so they got UT Martin and Ball State. Those are two powerhouses, right? <laughs> and in uh, a game, Cox, and then UAB, you know, they can play at Auburn, who they've owned. Now, who knows if Hugh Freeze can't uh, – change that or not. They, they the road, Another road game's at Vandy. They play Florida, of course. Uh, from the other division, they get Ole Miss. But Ole Miss yeah. comes to Athens. Uh, and then the interesting game for me, uh, it, they move this uh, uh, Georgia-Tennessee game is in the same week as the South Carolina-Tennessee game was last year uh, in Neyland, uh, Saturday, November 18th. What used to be SoCon Saturday uh, in the SEC, now it's uh, – she, or Sunbelt Saturday, if you will. Um, you know, now, I mean, that game could end up being for the East right there, uh, you know, two weeks before Atlanta. So, uh, it's an interesting schedule. I think mean, it's backloaded, obviously, with some of the tougher games, uh, except for South Carolina. But games that's got to go down there to Athens, um, you know, where they've actually won uh, more recently uh, against the Bulldogs than, uh, than they've won in Columbia. I mean, they won in Athens in 2019, obviously. But uh, – you know, I, I don't know. You know, it, it, Georgia, it's going to be interesting, you know, because they had just enough coming back this year with the defensive guys like Jalen Carter and Nolan Smith uh, to where they survived losing those draft picks, right? They just reloaded. Mm-hmm. Um, well, now those guys are going. And, and, and so you kind of you kind of wonder, you know, I'm sure they'll be immensely talented, but will they be ready? You know, will, 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 will they be as dominant? Will they be as locked in? Um, because they have faced some adversity and all that. But Georgia's going to be an interesting case study uh, next year as far as, you know, as everybody says that they're now Alabama. Well, Alabama just kept on going. You know, can, can Georgia do that would be the question uh, that I would ask uh, heading into next season. Yeah, with Bama and I think what Georgia is trying to build, J.C., it's almost like today's bench warmers are tomorrow's draft picks. That's generally how they operate. Yeah. So, we will, we will see if that continues. JC, let's move into a little bit of recruiting. I know it's sort of a dead period, but uh, over the last couple of days, you know, I've had my folks talking in the Big Cock Club in regards to some of the crystal balls that have been coming in uh, for some high-profile prospects. And I know that a guy that you are really high on, and I've been asked about a lot, is Jonathan Paylor of the 
the composite. What can you tell us about him and then just 2024 as a whole in recruiting? Again, I know it's a bit of a dead period right now. I think I saw Blake Franks uh, mention something with his recruiting, saying he's not committing on February the 20th. When he comes up with a date, he'll post it on Twitter. And, of course, Maz Bennett was in the comments section saying, hey, there's only one fan base commenting to you at South Carolina. Make the move. So, of course, the momentum is still there. But uh, just overall, you know, 2024 recruiting news or, or tidbits that you might have for us. Yeah, Jonathan Taylor, they call him a missile. Uh, and he tight plays. It's like a, like a missile. Like, like he darts up and down the field. Uh, elite speed you can never have. Uh, too many guys like that. He's built a little bit like Bruce Ellington, uh, probably faster in a straight line, probably has as much wiggle as Bruce, too, uh, now that I think about it. But, uh, you know, South Carolina, if you look at kind of, you know, you're always looking at recruiting as, as making progress, right? Well, you know, I thought that heading into the 2023 cycle, uh, a, a good sign of progress was simply sign more blue chip high school players, you know, more four and five star high school guys just increase that number uh and, and they did uh and then 2024 you kind of look at it like well you know you need to do that again uh, and also you know the state of north carolina which i've i've always kind of been of the belief the state of north carolina is very important for south carolina to recruit uh and that's kind of a key to building this program and to maximizing it uh this staff has done an amazing job though working around that uh, I don't think they sent a single guy from North Carolina this year by going into the DMV, working more north-south, working Miami to Maine, really, in South Carolina's primary recruiting area. Uh, and, and I think that's been smart. Well, now, you, you look back at it, well, Taylor's a North Carolina kid, and they've got a D, there's a D-tackle out of the Concord, Charlotte area that they're in on. So you can kind of see that starting, them getting a little uh, light at the end of the tunnel in that important state. So you start doing that, you continue to do what you're doing in the DMV, continue to dominate in-state recruiting, uh, the, the the players they recruit out of Georgia, uh, I call them they're tier two, and I don't mean that as an insult. Like, uh, tiers are different than like rankings. Tiers mean, all right, these are the guys that are really really good, and most of the SECs offered them, but they're just below Georgia's offer pool because Georgia's kind of at this, or maybe they they evaluate the kid and they're like, oh, we like this guy better or whatever. Georgia can't take them all, so to get guys out of that state like Michael Smith, uh, you know, like uh, Wendell Gregory. Um, you know, like the seven guys they signed out of Georgia this past cycle, Trovon Ball, Jalen Kilgore, those guys, that's exactly what needs to be happening in that state. I like what they do in Florida. They, they, they get, you know, athletes from there, guys that can play, guys that love the game with like you get from Florida kids. Uh, and you go into Jacksonville and you win a battle for Pup Howard, uh, you know, that kind of thing. And so you start to look at it, Chris, and Jonathan Taylor, yes, he's important because he's a, he's a missile and he's a receiver. He's a big play guy. He can return kicks, whatever. But to get him out of that state can start, you know, sometimes players are kind of looking for permission to go to, to a school that may not be a blue blood. Uh, and I think it kind of gives maybe some North Carolina kids permission. Well, South Carolina's right here. Uh, let's give them a look. Also, the area of North Carolina, he's from, I mean, he's from the, the Piedmont, the triad, basically, the Greensboro, Winston-Salem, Burlington area. Burlington's right down, oh, I-40 between Greensboro and Durham. Um that's 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 not been a kind area, even when South Carolina was recruiting North Carolina uh, heavily and well. Um, that that part right there, just those kids just tend to go to Clemson or, or, or North Carolina or Virginia Tech, wherever. Uh, and so, getting a kid from there, I think, is a, an important thing as well. I think the last kids from that area, Carolina, got were the the um, oh, the twins. Uh, the, 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 gosh, I forgot their names. 
<laughs> uh, one was a, a tackle, one was a center at uh, Carolina during the Spurrier era. So, I, you know, I think it's overwhelmingly positive, that momentum. Um, you know, you mentioned Blake Franks. I think South Carolina's in a good position there. Uh, I think they continue to be uh, in really good shape with every kid they want in state. Um, you know, I, I, I think this class, Chris, you start kind of piecing together the numbers and you look at the guys that are leaning to Carolina. Uh, we're not even in June yet, which is usually a heavy month for recruiting uh, and, and a lot of welcome homes that month, right? Uh, and, and you're like, man, this, this could legitimately be a top 10 recruiting class when all is said and done. Could. Can't guarantee that, but it could be. Uh, it's set up that way right now if this momentum continues. And, JC, you look at the 24 class, Pringle, Gregory Smith, Bennett, and Reno. Those are your five commitments right now. You sit, obviously, six in the country in recruiting. It's very early on. Um, you know, for the 2023 class, I'll ask you this, JC. Nicholas Harbor was was the obvious, like, gem of your class, right? He, he was the dude everybody wanted. The class, it almost felt kind of kind of like it centered around him. I mean, obviously, he's just one of many great pickups. But do you feel like there's a guy like that in the 24 class? Is it somebody that's already committed? I mean, do, do you feel there's going to be that one guy that if you get him, that's going to be sort of the exclamation point that Nicholas Harbor was for 23? Yeah, I would, I would go with um, another kid from the DMV. Uh, and it won't be easy. Uh, you know, to get this guy, he's got there's a lot of competition, but you know, they're right there. Five star Dylan Stewart, uh, is a defensive end, uh, from, from up there in, in the DC area. I think, you know, South Carolina, that's a kid, his recruitment probably will go, will go the distance, right? Uh, all the way to signing day, probably, you know, not, not, not a guarantee, obviously, but South Carolina has so much momentum in that area right now. Uh, that, that he, he they are a legit factor uh, to sign him, uh, and I think at the end of the day, you know, you, you, five star defensive ends, five star defensive end. You know, you, you need to get the guys from Friendship Collegiate Academy um, in uh, in DC. I've been to that school; <laughs> it's an interesting place. Uh, but uh, it's uh, they put out good players just about every year. Six five, two hundred thirty five pounds. Um, that would be the guy right now I would point to and go, all right, that would be the cherry on top of Sunday, just like Nick Harbour. For sure. It's going to be a lot of fun to follow. And, of course, the Gamecocks have as much momentum, if not more momentum, than anybody on the recruiting trail in college football. JC, let's move off recruiting and into this basketball team and what this season sort of is. Of course, a tough loss on Tuesday night. Gamecocks lose to Vandy by double digits in a game that I think you look down the schedule, JC, was – Probably one of the more winnable games left. I mean, of course, you go into this weekend against LSU, a team that has not won a game in this calendar year. The Bayou Bengals are on a 13-game losing streak. But just taking a look at, at really the last two, J.C., I mean, you get a big road win, and then you lose to Vandy. But the theme in both those games, J.C., more so importantly, I think, is G.G. Jackson and, and sort of his, his limited role, if you will. You know, at one point was playing – Pretty much all of the minutes, right, was scoring in the double digits, you know, upwards of 20 points, 20-plus points on a night-in, night-out basis. He's struggling of late. Just sort of what do you make of his recent struggles and and uh, South Carolina basketball as a whole? Obviously, we all know the reality of this season, and it's, it's you know, it's, it's just sort of we're trying to limp to the finish line at this point. But, uh, you know, I think the bigger story is kind of G.T. Jackson. I think how Lamont Paris is handling that, which I actually applaud him for – you know, for being willing to put his foot down and, and 
you know, just do everything he can to put the best product out there. But just overall thoughts and kind of how that how played out because it's a really interesting story within a tough season for for South Carolina men's basketball. Yeah, it's I, I, I called it sad today on the show. This is the, this is the only word I can use to describe describe it. And I don't mean that in an overtly critical way. It's just it's kind of just sad right now. Um, you got a terrific player in Gigi Jackson that's uh, not playing well. He's struggling. His body language is not good. Uh, he's not getting minutes. Uh, he's jacking up three pointers from. Uh, everywhere and, and and you know that that's not that's not good sound basketball. Basketball is still a team sport. I think I think sometimes at the pro level, you know, it can become an individual sport uh, a little bit. But basketball is still a team sport. You, you got to play within, uh, you know, yourself to make sure that you're, you're giving your team and yourself the best chance to be successful. And, and that's just not happening right now. I don't know why this team struggles at home more so than on the road, too. I mean, it, it's, it's baffling to me. I, I, I'm pretty sure the environment at the Colonial Life Arena is uh, uh, lackluster at this point in the season, to say the least. But it's, uh, you know, I, I just think that, you know, it, it's sad. It's a sad situation to see right now. And I think it's very important that Lamont Paris and Gigi and, and everybody involved in it kind of get back on the same page and, and finish this thing out the right way. Because, you know, you don't want a guy like that who could have gone anywhere in the country from the city of Columbia, from your backyard, to all of a sudden have a, a, a toxic experience uh, overall and leave on a bad note because that's going to hurt you uh, in terms of, uh, you know, convincing the next Gigi Jackson to come to South Carolina and stay at home. So uh, I, I think that, you know, you say it's well, it, it, two, two and 11 in the league, they're not going anywhere, you know. But, but I do think these last five games of the regular season are going to be important uh, for, you know, ancillary ways, in, in ancillary ways, like ways that will impact the program long term. Uh, and, and hopefully they get it, you know, kind of get it back together. But, uh, yeah, it was disappointing for me. I, I actually watched the game. Uh, I was kind of like, okay, well, you know, good win at Ole Miss. Let's get, you know, let's see, see what they can do here. And obviously 18 points at halftime down by 20. There's no chance you're going to win. Um, you know, that one after that. So uh, I do think there's some, some things that have to happen with men's basketball here in the last, in the last home stretch of the season that, you know, could potentially be positive or negative for the program moving forward, depending on how it goes. Yeah, and JC, I think you make a great point on Gigi Jackson's experience at South Carolina, because I think we were all just, you know, at least I was just kind of looking at it as, okay, he came to South Carolina, that's a vote of confidence, that's a positive for the program, but – if he doesn't have a good experience and these guys all talk, right. All these players talk to each other. And, you know, if, if Gigi Jackson, you know, I'm not saying he's going to go out of his way to like rip the program or rip Lamont Paris, but if he's, but if he's not promoting it and repping it to the way that you'd like him to, right. It, it's, you didn't really get the positive out of him coming there and it could be served or used against you as a negative. I, I think you're absolutely right. So rallying the troops a bit, if you will, in these last five games is super important. On a more positive note, JC, on the hardwood, I do think we need to take a moment to recognize Dawn Staley's program. My goodness. I mean, hey, the game of the year. It's it. No, it's not. The Gamecocks just dominate. Nobody can yeah. touch what they're doing. Uh, my question to you, JC, is simply this, and I, and I don't want to put any jinx on or anything, but I mean, realistically, do you think there's anybody that's going to beat this team? Or, or could you see this team going wire to wire and finishing this, this thing off uh, with a perfect record? 
How about a what if you all right? So UConn had some injured players, right? I don't, and I have no idea. I haven't looked at their situation and see if they'll get anybody back or not. Uh, I would think that would be possible, kind of if they were at full strength in a Final Four setting or something. But I, honestly, when when this basketball team is on its A game and when they're out there. Uh, you know, and they don't just – Chris, they're just so hard to beat because they're not only immensely talented uh, and they just have great players that they can run at you in waves. Don Staley preaches defense. And this uh, – her teams guard and defend and frustrate the you-know-what out of you. Uh, and they don't they don't allow you to breathe. And, and so that's – those types of teams are, are, are much harder to beat, uh, I, I think, than, than maybe a team that's, you know, a great shooting team or – you know, uh, a skilled team that uh, they go out there and have a bad shooting night and then, you know, they don't play much defense. And, you know, yeah, you can beat them if the other team's red hot. But, you know, Don Staley's team is just – it's just the, the it's not only all the talent and all that that they're throwing at you and the confidence and, and all that. It's the, the experience, blah, 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 blah. You know, it's the, it's the style of play, too. I mean, because it is, it is like uh, uh, putting your face in a grinder, uh, I think uh, – uh, to play against those those girls in that sport, you know, because they, they just don't let you they don't let you up off the mat. So uh, I would lean toward it's looking good, you know, without jinxing it for, for this uh, this group to go undefeated and, and win its second straight national title um, right now. Yeah, JC, I feel like at this point, if you're picking against South Carolina, you're just trying to make a point. Like there's there's no real yeah. reason to pick against them, right? I mean, it's until we see different. So. Uh, I, you know, I've, been, I've said this before. Dawn Staley and her team—they—they they truly are the embodiment of it feels good to be good because they are the best, and it's not even remotely yes. close. They, it's not even remotely close. Um, last thing, JC, and again, I appreciate you being gracious with your time every single Thursday. Of course, he joins us at one fifteen. JC Sherbert of the Big Spur of Inside the Gamecocks. We got to talk baseball, man. Opening day eve, and I know you guys have had Monty Lee on your show, didn't Mark Kingston as well? I think Mark yeah. Kingston joined your yeah. You so you've had Both Kingston, coaches, you've had. Yeah. Yeah, you've had Monty Lee as this 2023 season gets underway tomorrow. Uh, I'll just ask you just kind of your overall thoughts on what you've heard from those two guys and what this ball club is and and how you expect things to shake out in this season just based off those conversations with both Kingston and Lee, if you will. Sure. You know, Kingston seemed pretty confident, uh, you know, kind of different than he normally, you know. Uh, he was real relaxed, and, um, you know, I, I think that, when you look at the situation they had last year with the, with the, the arms and, and all the injuries there, uh, you know, the one thing he did repeat over and over was we have to stay healthy. We have to stay healthy. And obviously after going through what you did last year, you're probably going to talk about that a bunch, but you know, the pitching staff's deep, uh, you know, the three starters, I mean, uh, Sanders is probably going to be a first rounder. Uh, Noah Hall is, is one of the better pitchers in the SEC. And then Mahoney's back and, and all three of those guys throw gas, man. I mean, it's like 96, 97. I don't, I don't know that there's a team in the country that has that kind of smoke <laughs> on, on their pitching, the starting pitching. Uh, you know, they'll figure out who the closer is going to be. Uh, I think uh, one of the things that really was bad about last year was all the midweek losses to these, you know, the Presbyterians of the world. I don't, did they lose the Presbyterian? I think they did. Yeah. yeah. Uh, USC upstates of the world. That's going to change this year because you're not trotting out. You're going to be trotting out a guy uh, or two in those midweek games that probably could be weekend starters in other programs. And so that's going to help. Now, the, the issue is going to be heading. Um, you know, I, I don't know that this team, uh, and like you mentioned earlier, uh, you know, on our show, 
a lot of new faces, you know, a lot of guys that, that you know, didn't really play a lot last year. You know, Braylon Wimmer being the exception. Um, and you got guys that have been around, but, you know, they all need to take a step forward. And, and, and talking to Monty Lee, you know, I, I kind of got the impression from him. And what he was saying was it's going to maybe be a little bit of a work in progress, but they're going to try everything they can uh, and get creative with it. You know, you know, because they don't really have a whole lot of power and stuff. They do have some speed. They can steal some bases, uh, uh, that kind of thing. And then the third part of it, I think, I think this team this year is going to be a much better defensive team. Um, Braylon Wimmer did not make an error the whole preseason. None, no errors at shortstop. Uh, shortstop, second base, shortstop, right? For second base, he's in the middle of the infield. What? I'm not a baseball. I'm not a baseball expert. You know, I'm a big fan of the game, but. Well, he, uh, so he, was at, he was gonna, at second last year. He is going to play short this year. Though. Short yeah. this year. Yeah. So that, that guy, you know, that's, that's very important because I, I don't think that the Gamecocks have been as good defensively as we were, we, we've been accustomed to uh, around here the last couple of years. So, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens with that. I, I think, I think, you know, I, I was, I thought, well, Hey, they should, they should sweep UMass Lowell this weekend until you came on the show and you, you started talking, throwing all these stolen base numbers at me. I'm like, Oh my God, this is, this could be a really frustrating uh, weekend if uh, uh, and somebody on our, our show also said, well, the best way to keep him from stealing bases is don't let him get on base. You know, so yeah. there you go. But uh, I, I'm looking forward to seeing how it plays out, especially now that, you know, after what you said about UMass Law, I think that's kind of a neat, neat kind of probably a different style of baseball than we're used to, to seeing coming from those guys. And so uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what happens. But, you know, I, I, I would be remiss if I sat here and said, uh, this team's going to knock it all over the yard and, and be this explosive, powerful offense. I think, I think they're going to be. I think the question is, can they be good enough? Uh, because the bottom line is winning and losing, whether it's one nothing or you know fifteen thirteen. So uh, I think that that's just going to be the, the determining factor. Is is this going to be a group that can go out and win a bunch of four two games, five five two games, something like that, or are they going to be losing a bunch of two to ones? you know, that kind of thing. And so that, I think that's going to determine the success or lack thereof of the season. Yeah, I, I think consistency offensively, J.C. And, again, like you mentioned, I mean, it's baseball. Some nights you're going to have to win a 2-1, but can you win a 9-8 game? I mean, I think that yeah. too, can you hang around in those type of ball games? And, uh, you know, obviously, I mean, I, I could go on and on for days, but – you know, I, I didn't bring up the UMass Lowell statistics to scare you at all because I think the Gamecocks should sweep as well. But it's just, you know, these Northeastern teams, you don't think much of them, but they've got some ball players as well. But I, I do think it's a weekend that it, it's so interesting, JC, you know, it, and it's funny. I've had this conversation with our good friend Brad Crawford and, you know, Brad admittedly, not a huge baseball guy, which is totally fine. But, uh, you know, there's a lot of people that don't keep up with it the way that some others do that, like, they just can't compute. How could a South Carolina – lose to the Citadel or lose to Presbyterian or lose to USC Upstate. And it's because it's because you can't bring the football school of thinking into baseball. I mean, Coastal Carolina won a national championship. That would never happen in football. But it's it's and it's interesting, you know, football style points matter. And I always say in baseball they don't, but it almost feels like JC that early on in this season, because of how pitiful pivotal of a season this is and how bad last year was. I think style points do kind of matter. I, I think, you know, being able to hit the ball over the yard against this pitching, I think it's important yeah. because it's like if you can't do it in the non-conference, there's nothing that will give you hope that you're going to have a successful SEC season. Yeah, I'm there with you. I think I think people would – probably comfortable would be the right uh, – yeah. would be the description that I would use. Fans are going to be a lot more comfortable 
if the Gamecocks are, you know, scoring six, seven, eight, nine, ten runs uh, against against these guys that uh, the, the lower teams. And, and you, know, you may lose one or two along the way. That is baseball. But Ray Tanner's team in 2000 went 56 and 10, 50 and 6 in the regular season. One of those six losses was to Elon <laughs> at home. Uh, people, people don't remember that, you know. So uh, I think that team won 25 SEC games, too. Um that's just that's the, that's the nature of the sport. You're never going to go undefeated and all that. But I, I do think our fans will be more comfortable heading into SEC play uh, if this bunch, you know, does put runs on the board and the pitching is as advertised. Uh, and there are some, you know, style point type games. You know, when it, you know, you got win ten nothing or whatever. That that's going to make people feel good. Uh, you know, heading into that, uh, what what should be a very challenging, you know, thirty game SEC schedule. J.C. Sherwood of Inside the Gamecocks, the Big Spur. J.C., I know you got to get out of here again. I appreciate you taking the time. Thank you so much. And uh, looking forward to doing it yet again next week, my friend. And looking forward to a fantastic baseball season as well, man. Thank you so much. Yes, sir. Thanks, guys. Y'all have a good one. Absolutely. J.C. Sherbert of Inside the Gamecocks joins us every single Thursday. Fantastic stuff. And, of course, I go on their show every Thursday at 1130 a.m. to talk all things South Carolina. And it'll be a lot of fun, guys, moving forward. I mean, it always is, but – going on their show. Now we're in a baseball season, talking baseball each and every single week. Going to be a blast. Guys, that being said, we're going to jump into one final break on the other side. I'm going to open up the phone lines. We're going to take your questions, your comments, your calls, and more. You're tuned in to The Daily Crow. All right, guys, we're back. Final 10 minutes or so here on the Daily Crow. Taking your questions, comments, calls, 843-790-3377. That's 843-790-3377. Again, thank you so much to J.C. Sherbert for taking the time to chat. Had an absolute blast conversating with him, and I appreciate him every single Thursday coming on the show. Getting back into your questions, Jeremy Wardell, I think he makes a great point here. He says they're trying to hit the same pitchers in practice that are throwing that gas that you are talking about. Yeah, Jeremy, listen, great point. Iron sharpens iron, right? When you look at, for example, this UMass Lowell weekend, I mean, you're, you're not going to see any better arms than you faced in practice. You're just not, right? You're just not. And that's a luxury. I mean, you think about the 2010 team, the 2011 team, the arms they were facing in practice, right? And the way that helps you. So I think it is a big plus for sure. Let's jump back to the phone lines here. Call from Robbie Davis, Zach B. Hall of Famer. Robbie Davis, what's going on, my friend? How are you? You know, this is like the sixth time I've tried to call today. My friend, I don't know I what. Uh, I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what's been going on with the phone line. I don't so. know if it was something on your end or if it was my phone. So what I did while you was on break is I cut my phone off and then cut it back on. And now, mm, okay, okay, maybe it was you then. All right. Well, I'm I'm glad to hear from you, my guy. What's going on? I'm doing fantastic. I'm glad to see you didn't break no bones on your ski trip. I did not. I did not. I I, fortunately enough did not. (laughs) If it would have been me, I probably would have. I'm just saying. I probably would have broke some bones. Yeah. Well, we had a good time. I I definitely definitely wiped out a few times, but it was a lot of fun for sure. And uh, uh, I did something this weekend that you've been wanting me to do for a while. Oh, yeah? What's that? I went and got. Got me a pub sub, my guy. Jeez, which one'd you get? I got the Italian. Nice, okay. And it was pretty. It was, oh yeah, yeah. 
yeah, it, it, it was definitely uh, worth it. That's for sure. Yeah. It, it'll make you Subway never want to go to Subway. Longer. It'll make you never want to go to Subway again. Oh, no, 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 no. If I go to Subway, I'm going to get cookies, okay? Mm, okay. The cookies are on point at Subway. Like, I tell people all the time, I'm convinced that Subway puts crack in their cookies because of how good they are. Mm-hmm. Okay. But anywho, yeah, I will definitely be going back to Publix for a pub sub. Good man. That's yeah. for sure. Heck, you're making me want one right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Anyways, the, anyways, you understand why I picked this to win two out of three, right? I listen. I think it's fair. Yeah, I mean, I I totally understand, man. I'm, I'm I mean, you know, the, the struggles of last season like, are not that. I, are, I'm not that far removed from recalling that, right? Like, I I, I get it. I get it 100. percent Right. Now, I think honestly, if the season would have gone ha- would have gone much better, I would have probably would have picked us to sweep. And now, am I going to be thinking to myself, we're going to sweep when, when tomorrow? Four o'clock rolls around and I'm listening listening to the to uh the the baseball game. Yeah, probably, pro- uh, probably, but um, but uh, I just you know I think our pitching staff is much better than than UMass Lowell or however you pronounce their school name or whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't really care. Anyways, uh. And there goes Robbie Davis. I, do, is it me? I don't think it's me. I'm not pressing anything. I'm not hanging up on people. I, and it's it's like the call is dropping. So I, I don't think it's me. I don't know. It, it's it's weird, man. Being back from from out of town, it's it's almost like the uh, the technology is a bit rusty. I, I don't know. I, I don't know what's going on. So Robbie Davis, if you'd like to call back in, my guy, you're more than welcome to. Uh, Austin Gregory, if we don't sweep UMass Lowell, is the series a failure in your eyes? I, I'll say this, Austin. That's a great question. Did you fall short of the expectation? Absolutely, 100%. Am I going to sit here, Austin, and, 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 and write off the rest of the season? Not necessarily. Not necessarily. But I don't think it'll be a good sign. Right? I don't think it'll be a good sign. I think it's important that you do sweep. All right, let's get him back on here. Call from Rob. Robbie, what's up? Sorry about that, my guy. I don't know what just happened. I don't know what happened either. I don't know, man. It, it's technology is great till it isn't. Anyways, anyway, continue. Where was where was I at whenever the call dropped? Do you remember? Uh, you're going to be watching opening day. You're excited. You were just explaining why you picked two out of three. The reason the reason why was solely because of. I, the reason I picked this to take two out of three is solely because of how horrible we played in the midweeks last season. Even though, yes, this is a weekend series, I I just I just don't see us. I see us winning Friday and Saturday and losing Sunday. Losing Sunday, okay. All right. That's, I mean, that's fair, Robbie. Listen, that's fair. That's fair. Listen, that's very fair. I don't blame anyone for coming into this season 
you know, a, a little hesitant to just dive all in and say, we're going to be great. You know, there, there's real concerns. There's real questions. And when you just look at the the Mark Kingston era and right. the way things have played out, I, I don't blame anyone for um, right. you know, for, for feeling a bit of concern. Right. And am I hoping that we somehow turn it around and, and have a fantastic year? A fantastic year? Absolutely. But the proof has not been in the pudding since Kingston has been our head man. We have not had great seasons since Kingston has been our head man, as far as I know. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we, we, we've we struggled, you know, a little bit in the non-conference. I mean, and, and I guess here's the interesting thing about it. Here's the interesting thing is that, you know, if you see some of the issues that were so persistent a season ago, if you see those issues early on in this season, it's obviously going to be a really bad sign. Right. But just because, I mean, you could go undefeated right. in the non-conference doesn't really mean you're going right. to be a great team when SEC play hits. So – but you'd rather be on that end. Sure. You'd rather be going into SEC play with as much confidence as possible. You know, I've already talked about why it's important to win the rivalry series this year after getting swept last year. But um, oh yeah, you that know, made you, me sick. That made me real sick. Yeah, yeah. You you need to be going into I, you need to be going into SEC play with as much yeah. confidence as you can possibly build. So yeah, non conference play is important, my guy. Midweek play yeah. is important. It's all important. And I don't know. There is there must be a balloon or something overhead jamming the phone lines. I, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, Austin, there will be no extra hour today. I got to eat some lunch, my guy. Robbie Davis ain't the only one that's got a snack on some lunch. So, I apologize, Robbie. I don't know what just happened. I don't know what's going on with the phone lines. I'm not even touching it. I'm not doing anything. Uh, the phone has a has a life of its own today. I have no idea. Either way, though, we have hit 2 o'clock. Appreciate you all tuning in. Thank you all to so much to those who called in. You guys engaging, and of course, JC Sherbert for joining us as he does each and every single Thursday. By the way, stay tuned. Uh, looking to do some special things tomorrow for opening day. I will let you all know what the deal is and what we're thinking. Either way, though, guys, appreciate you all. Thank you all so much. Be sure to check out the podcast I dropped this morning. Check out TDC in podcast form. That will drop at three o'clock as well. And again, guys, it feels so good to be back chatting with you all. We'll be live as normal tomorrow, noon to two, with again, some special things in the works as well. That being said, appreciate you all tuning in. Have a great rest of your Thursday, and we will talk to you all tomorrow. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945.